Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, I, I want to continue kind of the conversation that we're having really across the entire show and all 300 plus of our episodes here um, about looking at ourselves to be able to become in the goal of ultimately more holy. And there's a lot of different ways that we can approach this. And the end of the day, it kind of comes down to, did you take care of other people? And did you live in a life of love? Which by definition means that you were in relationships with people with meaningful relationships. And as I was concluding the final episode, we gave people the challenge for the week in between here to really think about all of the people we interact with and that our calling is to make a difference to all of them, not just to the immediate ones that we like in our mind, you know, whether that be someone we see on a one-off situation, maybe we never actually see them. Maybe they're just a voice across, across computer screen, or maybe they're someone we actually are driving with are we cutting them off and being you know whatever and i bring all this up because there are so many opportunities that we have in our life to make a difference and i think that there is a desire of people to want to help and be a positive impact upon the world I think that a lot of the issue is the feedback mechanisms and expectations don't really line up. For instance, if I go and I do a project with my wife, I get to see it happen. I get to see each step by step, and then I get to live in the benefit of it. Now our bedroom is a color that she likes. I hate moving everything around. I hate painting. That's a fact of life. But we went through it. We got through it. Now it's a color that she likes and she's happier because of it. Okay, I get to see that that effect. But if it's just literally spending an extra couple of minutes being courteous, changing our own demeanor, which I guess is what this is getting down to, and reinvesting in how we're looking at ourselves to, to redo our interior so when we're presenting on the outside, we may not see immediate results. We may not even know how to measure what the expectations are or should be. You know, I, to give an example here, I have nieces that are in the beginning of college, end of high school. When they go and do all their hair up for prom, they kind of expect people to talk about it and to be, oh, that's awesome new hairdo, blah, blah, blah. And if you don't, they feel sad or disappointed as I think any person who's ever dealt with a high school girl can attest to. And where I'm getting to it is what are the appropriate expectations that we really should have about building ourselves up and repairing ourselves in the way that the rest of the world looks at it so that when we see something changing around us, as subtle as it may be, we get those hints that say, hey, I am doing something right. Like, like, like this is a worthwhile exercise to keep doing and I should do it. So hopefully that, that all makes sense as far as the analogy there that it takes effort and we don't really know what the results should be unless we know what the results should be. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's well said. Um, do people fuss over you when you do your hair up, Joe? 
No, it's when I don't. If I, if I have hair, people look at it like, oh, that's wrong. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, you, you bring up a number of really interesting things to be aware of. I, I like just the observation that uh, we, we do things with, with certain expectations. And, and just noticing that is, is already helpful. Uh, what, what are my expectations? Before we even ask, what, what should they be? What are they? Am I even aware? You know, and, uh, because they, they can also come from different places. I'm, I'm thinking of those high school girls now and, uh, and the way that you know, when they uh, make themselves look beautiful for prom and they're having some, you know, but, but different ones might have different kinds of expectations. For, for, for one that's really taking a risk to try and, and look beautiful, there may be a real vulnerability there. It's like, there's, there's a deep question, am I beautiful? Uh, and, and does anybody notice? And there can be a, a really authentic, very sweet place that that comes from. And, and, then, and then kind of a deep pain when that's not met. And then there are interesting things that get wrapped around that, like uh, without thinking about it, that, that person feeling vulnerable, am I really beautiful? Will anybody notice? Will, will sabotage herself in some way by sort of slipping out the door before anybody can really see or playing off any compliment that's there or focusing on somebody else, lest there be an opening in which somebody might be able to comment on, wow, you look really beautiful. And so there are ways that we can actually keep people from fulfilling the expectations that we, or, or the hopes, I would say, uh, that, that are there. Another person might have certain, you know, uh, uh, kind of go in the opposite direction of really forcing people to tell, you know, tell me how beautiful I am and doing that in, in some, some kind of manipulative ways that are, that are more forceful. And that's, again, covering up the vulnerability of like, will I really let myself, will I put myself out there and let somebody have a free response about me? And so anyway, there's a lot of stuff going on interiorly and in some of those examples. Um, But to come back to, you know, your uh, point about, uh, well, as we were saying, let's notice people. And, uh, and treat them like human beings that we're sometimes tempted to treat like objects or robots, uh, whether it's the McDonald's person or the other person uh, whose avatar is there on the, uh, the online uh, multi-user uh, uh, video game or uh, whatever that might be. And uh, the, you know, like what expectation do we have if I'm nice to the guy at McDonald's do I expect that he's going to kind of light up and, and be amazed that I was nice to him and then maybe say something back about how nice I am and I'm going to have this wonderful interaction and it's going to change both of our lives? Um, that might be a bit much to hope for. Uh, now, some variation of that might take place, but more often than not, people have been so beat up and used and treated like objects in that particular example that saying something nice, uh, it may not even penetrate because they've built such a thick skin around being treated like they're non-existent that to actually penetrate that and, and reach their heart with something authentic may take a bit and we might not get a response or it might be sort of stored up and the person processes it later in the day. Um, you know, there are a variety of things that, that can happen there. Uh, so, uh, so what do we do? Well, I think, and you you mentioned this in uh, 
the introduction, you know, well, it also affects me. I feel like a better person when I'm actually paying attention to other people and I'm encouraging or nice, I'm complimentary, I'm treating them like a human being. And uh, I feel better in myself. I can actually track that. You know, when I, uh, when I say something nice to the, to the prom girls or whatever, because I, I'm the guy that tends to be fairly oblivious, you know, and uh, <laughs> somebody's trying to get my attention and wondering what I think of them. And I'm like in outer space somewhere, just not even noticing what's, what's going on. Um, but, you know, when I actually notice and, and it's like, oh, look at, look at you, you're all dressed up. That's great. Uh, you know, and then I sort of feel better about myself for having noticed that, that there's a, you know, somebody is, is being vulnerable. And now, obviously, when I'm in spiritual direction, I'm noticing everything. And so I, I really know, and, and in spiritual direction, I'm, I'm also looking for uh, some of those responses, because in spiritual direction, especially, I'm, I'm most interested in, in what's going to be helpful for the other person. So I need to learn the vocabulary of gestures and words and presence, silence, and uh, that's going to be most helpful to bring the person, help the person to, to feel God's love fundamentally. But um, it doesn't, there are a lot of ways I can say different things to different people. And I want to say it in the way that's going to land best for you. And I'm in a controlled enough environment in that context that uh, I can really pay attention to, did that land or not? Did you get it? Did it help? Was it meaningful? Did I actually express what I wanted to express? And were you able to receive it in the way that I intended? So I'm, I'm watching very carefully for those things. And that's in a, within a single spiritual direction session and also over time. Did you come back? Do I hear something about this later on? I, I invited you to do something. I mentioned a way of, uh, seeing yourself. I opened up an insight about some situation in your life. And do I hear about it again next week or next month? Or does it come back up at another time? Did it actually land and become incorporated into your life? So we do that kind of uh, validation, getting some, you know, paying attention to some feedback about what we're doing, not just because uh, I gave you something and I want something back to feel good about myself, but also because I want to know that what I gave you was actually valuable for you. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, anyway, there's a lot of different dynamics that I just described in a, in a few examples. Yeah. And you actually dove into one that you presented in a way better way than I ever would, which was when you're doing your spiritual direction, you are intensely involved with all of your sensory elements um, you know, you just went through it. I'm paying attention to gestures, words, and I'm really absorbing and putting my memory on super high resolution. I'm collecting all of this. And that leads as a result of after the fact, I'm just kind of oblivious. And I think that that's something that might be natural with people, but I also kind of think it's probably like a muscle in that if you never train your muscles, you're not going to be able to run. I mean, it's just the way that it is. But if you're training your muscles all the time, you can go run a marathon. We see people do that. A lot of us don't want to, though. And I think that this is where I'm trying to get to with this is it takes a lot of muscle energy, mental energy to be able to do what you just outlined in spiritual direction. And it's really easy to hit the proverbial sit on the couch and not exercise mode of hit the I'm shut out. I'm oblivious to the prom girls walking around us that are all dolled up. and 
when we look at that, we have to recognize, again, going back to the expectations before, that my brain's going to need to have a period to catch up, almost like a computer when you turn it on with too many programs at the same time. It's going to need a minute before stuff starts working again. And I think that's normal. And I think that one of the examples that people can test themselves in this is there are times in your life when you look back and you're like, that week took forever. And then there's times where you look back like that was the fastest week of all time. And in reality, obviously, time-wise, it was the exact same seven days. But because of the way that we were operating in it, there's different processes there. And I think that that's what I was trying to, to get to as well was this gets back to the balance that, we, that we've been talking about. Where is the appropriate line for that expectations? You know, you, you turn your spiritual direction mindset on because that's what you are asked to do. It's what you're tasked to do. And it's not an expectation for really the rest of life. You know, I, I think that that some people would call this something like work mode. But like, this is why people act differently at work and other places. And I bring this up because, A, it's impossible to be like this everywhere in all ways. But, B, in what relationships are we doing this and which ones aren't? And when are we doing it inappropriately? And to go back to, to what you said in the first place, just thinking about this process is a huge system. Because most of us never do. Most of us just kind of go through life without ever thinking about these types of things. But just spending, you know, 10 minutes contemplating it really can change your life. Being like, oh, I have been neglecting this relationship or how from their perspective because I don't do this. You know, I don't turn on the full capacity of remembering anything. Or by the time I come home, I'm so exhausted I can't. So I can't give that to you know, my family. So how do I adjust my life so that I can? I think that that is important thoughts to have, both in terms of expectations we have with ourselves and others, but also in what we're actually able to do. So Father, um, going off of your example there, I, I think that that's where, where a good thing to think about moving forward of the week is. And I want to give you a chance to, to conclude this episode and, and give some thoughts on it. Yeah, you, uh, I, again, appreciate your, you know, just, I think it's nice to talk about these things in a very uh, non-condemning way. You know, it's like, uh, well, you, you don't always turn all of your attention on with people that um, maybe it would be good to turn all of your attention on with them. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, just, it's so good to be able to to notice these things in ourselves and to pay attention and and I hope by our discussing them, putting some language around them, uh, leading you, you know, and really giving permission. There's no shame in any of this. Like we're, you know, we're all we're all in this thing together, and we're all struggling with the same stuff. And uh, hopefully, we're we're helping each other to just pay attention in a way that maybe we hadn't before. One of the reasons we don't pay attention is because we're embarrassed to admit some of the stuff that goes on inside of us. Well, join the human race. You know, it's like uh, it's fine. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in everybody, and and all of it is uh, there's there's some meaning behind it. You know, there's a, there are reasons for it, but but the first thing we can do is is notice it. And you know, I just found a a lovely book um, by David Brooks, his latest book, How to Know a Person. So he's a very interesting character anyway. But this book is really 
um, it's really well done. It's very accessible. And uh, I haven't made my way through the whole thing. I found a nice hour uh, presentation that he gave summarizing some of the main points, but it just uh, reminded me because of what you were describing about sort of turning these things on. He said, if you want to get to know a person, don't consider attention to be a dimmer switch, make it on or off. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I really like that because we do kind of play that game with ourselves a bit. And that's where the phone is in one hand and my attention is on, you know, a sort of on half, I'm giving you half attention, but the reality is I don't really, you know, half attention isn't worth that much. Um, mm -hmm. Give full attention. When you give full attention to somebody, a lot of these things sort of work their way through. And it might be a nice way to just summarize when, you know, sort of our uh, encouragement from the last episode, give your attention to, a, to people, you know, whether it's the, again, the McDonald's guy or the, the online video game person or pay attention. Uh, every human being is worthy of our attention. And just uh, practicing that a little bit. What happens if you do that a little bit more with people? Um, now, I suppose uh, I should qualify, you know, when you're driving the car, giving your full attention to the guy in the next lane or something is probably not a good idea. But, you know, can we give our full attention to people, even for a minute? You know, my transaction with someone at McDonald's is what, I don't know, a minute, two minutes? Can I just give my full attention to that person for that minute or two? Are, are they worth that? You know, can I give my, certainly your spouse, your children, you know, the people at home, your colleagues at work, don't just walk in and blow past them and get into, like, give them a minute of full attention. And, and, and yeah, what, what a difference that will make. So kind of going back to your question, what, what's that going to look like? Are they, is it going to change their life forever? Well, probably not the first time, but is it going to have a significant impact on someone? Yeah, it really does. When we, when we demonstrate that someone is worthy of full attention, it goes a long way because a lot of us don't feel that we're worthy of someone's full attention. We're expecting to be, you know, used uh, or, or, you know, uh, insofar as I'm useful to a person, that I can give them an answer, that I can uh, make them feel good for a moment, that I can give them what they're looking for, that I can provide some, you know, we often just feel useful or not useful, but do we feel good and worthy of someone's attention? Uh, that's a game changer. That's, uh, that's what Conrad Bars calls emotional affirmation. It helps to build a foundation, a firm foundation of our lives, an emotional ground on which everything else can be constructed to know that I'm actually worthy in who I am as I am right now of, of someone's full attention, uh, respect, response. So anyway, it's a, a nice uh, ongoing challenge for us to just uh, pay attention to people that way. And what a beautiful note to end on. So we thank everyone for listening and we'll be with you again next week.